Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along on this Sunday morning, December 5th. This is the second week of Advent, and the concept for this, or the the idea, the anticipation, the is to remember faith and the prophecies or the promises that God made about a coming Messiah. So I'd like to look at some of those this morning, and then we'll spend some time and pray for our churches. Um, imagine if one year ago today, I had told you that in this next year's college football playoffs, Cincinnati and Michigan would be in and Clemson and Ohio State would be out. You'd be surprised. You'd say, wow, that's if you'd if you take those betting odds, you probably would have made a lot of money if you'd made a prediction like that. But imagine if I told you this 100 years ago long before we even had a college football playoffs. Or imagine if I told you 10 years ago Donald Trump was going to be our president one day. But these prophecies are more like if I would have told you 300 years ago that some guy named Donald Trump was going to be our president someday. Folks, these prophecies were made hundreds of years before Jesus came. Hundreds of years. And they were there was this anticipation, this excitement, this expectation that God would someday provide this Messiah. And there are hundreds of prophecies about him. This morning, I'd like to just take a few moments to look at some of those related to his coming and his birth and how amazing they are. First one's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Remember, our Christian faith didn't start when Jesus came, or even less so once you know we got saved. Our Christian faith, our understanding of it, our worldview goes way back to the very beginning of time. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. And when Adam sinned against God and God brought a judgment, a curse upon him, upon Eve, upon the creation, and upon Satan, the adversary, yet he also provided great hope. And we find that hope in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And he's talking here about, he's talking to the serpent, to the devil. And he says this, I will put enmity or strife, struggle between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now this is speaking, the, the idea of a bruising on the heel referred to the crucifixion, the time when it seemed like Satan, you know, bit Jesus on the heel or had a little bit of a victory. But actually what happened, no, that was him, Jesus, crushing Satan on the head at that point. But here's the first time, the first prophecy where God promised a solution, an answer, and it would be a seed of the woman. That from her, from her would come one day from the woman through her birth, through her line, one day would come the Messiah, the one who would crush Satan. The second prophecy that I want to look at is actually relates to that, and it's found in Isaiah 7, verse 14. And it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be, will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, or God with us. This refers, of course, to the birth of Jesus. And, and uh, it's interesting here because in the Hebrew, 
There is not a word for virgin that's separate from the word young maiden. It's the same word. It could be sometimes it means one, some the other. If you talk to Jews today, they'll often say, well, that word doesn't really mean virgin. It could mean young maiden. And, it, and they're right. It could mean that in the Hebrew. However, in 250 BC, the Jews translated the Old Testament into the Greek and so that it could be read by the people and so that it could be understood through the, um, um, by the common person because Greek had become the common language of the, of the world basically at that point and, or the, the, the world that they were part of, the Jews were part of. And when they translated that in, in, um, in 250 B.C., they translated into the Greek into the word virgin. In the Greek, there's two words, young maiden and virgin. In the Hebrew, there's only one word. That, the same word could mean either. But when they translated into the Greek in 250 B.C., this became, they translated it virgin rather than young maiden. This is how Jews understood this prior to the coming of Christ. And they only started making this argument long after Christ had been born. And they said, no, oh, no, 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 that's not really what that word means. Well, it is what it means. And it's evidenced by that in that they understood it to mean that prior to the coming of Christ, Jesus was born of a virgin. Now, of course, theologically, this was essential because the, it's as if the sin was passed on through Adam. The sin of Adam is passed on through the man. And Jesus was born without sin. He never sinned. And he had an earthly mother, but he did not have an earthly or biological father because he was in the incarnation, of course, as we know, fully God, fully man. His his deity, shall we say, from his father, God, his, that humanity from his mother, Mary. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 is our next verse. And in Micah 5 verse 2, we read about the prophecy of, his, of where he would be. Are you ready? As for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Wow, what a prophecy that this ruler in Israel would go forth from Bethlehem, the city of Bethlehem. And there were two Bethlehems, and this was a smaller one, too little, Bethlehem Ephrathah, that he would go forth from there as a ruler in Israel. And this one who would go forth would not be any normal Typical king, he would be one who went forth, whose days were from the days of eternity. This would be where they understood the Messiah, the eternal one, the eternal one, the one who would rule forever and ever, and whose days had been had no beginning, and whose rule would have no end, would be would come forth and be born in Bethlehem. Of course, all these prophecies, you know, Jesus fulfilled. He was the one who came and crushed Satan on the head. He was the one who was uh, born of a virgin. He was the one who, who was born in Bethlehem. And then a sad one is found in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 15, where we read this. Jeremiah 31 verse 15, where we read this. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. And of course, this was seen as a prophecy of how Herod would have the children 
killed in Bethlehem because uh, Jesus would be, um, because the wise men, the Magi had come and told him about this king and they and where would he be born? And he told them the. Uh, he told them that they they were told by Herod that they would be born in Bethlehem. And the the religious leaders had told Herod that the Messiah would be coming from Bethlehem. Herod told the Magi they went and worshipped him, and when they did not come back and identify which child it was that they had worshipped. Herod went and had all the children of Bethlehem killed. Now, that slaughter was a terrible slaughter. It may not have been huge. I mean, Bethlehem was a small city. I don't know. It could have been 20, 30 kids. I don't know the number. It's not like there were thousands living there. It's not a very big city, very big town. But this was a slaughter, and this was the fulfillment of this terrible prophecy of how Herod, jealous that there could be a king over the, more power than him, and, and out of fear, Herod had all the little baby boys under age two killed in Bethlehem. But miraculously, Jesus had already fled. And he fled to Egypt, where we find another verse, another promise. Out of Egypt shall I call my son. Out of Egypt shall he be called. And indeed, Jesus said they had fled to Egypt. And yet another promise, he would come out of Egypt. Born in Bethlehem, but he would come out of Egypt. Why is that? Because to avoid the slaughter, God had told them, to leave Bethlehem, go to Egypt, and from there they would be. They would then come back out and settle finally in Nazareth, the hometown of Joseph. Well, one final prophecy I just want to share with you this morning, and that's perhaps the most beautiful of all, and perhaps the most wonderful of all. Isaiah nine, and verse six: For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And today as we are in this Christmas season, and as we remember this wonderful, beautiful promise, a child will be given to us. A son will be born to us. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. His government will succeed. His kingdom will prevail. Never, ever doubt it. Never, ever doubt it. There's ebbs and flows beforehand, but he's always the winner in the end. He will win. His government will prevail. The kingdom of God will overcome this domain of darkness in which we live. And whatever you face, whatever struggle, wherever you're at, never, ever, ever forget that. We're, we are victors in Christ. He is the ultimate victor. This little child... And you stop and think about this. He was once a helpless baby, and it seemed like he ended helpless on the cross. But no, 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 no. He is the king of kings, the ruler of all, the, the, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now, he is victorious. In his kingdom, there is no end. And for this, we praise him. Father, we thank you so much that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. 
that you gave him as the ultimate gift to us, that whosoever would believe in him might not perish, but have eternal life. And for this, we are grateful. We praise you. Jesus, we praise you that you are the mighty God. You are the son who was given to us. Father, you have given him as the, the one who is the ruler of all. Jesus, you are our wonderful counselor. And when we're in need, we trust that you can, you can and will counsel us. We give you praise. We thank you that your kingdom has no end. It will increase and increase forever and ever. Thank you. We never lose. We never really lose. We just add people born, add people into your kingdom who are born again into your kingdom. And we thank you and we bless you. How we pray today that in our churches you would be exalted, lifted up. We think on this second day of Advent as we focus on the faith and anticipation of the promised Messiah that we would be men and women of great faith. And that our faith, Lord, even if it's just the size of a mustard seed, our faith would not be in ourselves, our money, our government. Our faith would be in our Savior and our Lord. And a little bit of faith, we believe that a little bit of faith in you is greater than great faith in something that's false and untrue. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the mighty God. And just a mustard seed of faith in you, we believe, can move mountains. And we pray that we be mount, have mountain-moving faith because we have faith in the true and only promised Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. We bless you. Fill us with your spirit today. Might we be filled with the joy of the Lord, our strength. Might we have peace that passes all understanding today. Might we have a love even for the unlovable. Might we have faith that is unmovable. And we pray these things and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. So glad you joined me today. If you're here every day, I'm so glad you are, and I sure love you guys, and so glad you're part of this community. If you're new, make sure you hit the like button and, and the um, notify and join us regularly. We're here every morning, 8.30 a.m. You can join us as we get in the Word of God, or you can listen in later in the day, or you can even listen to the podcast that you can download from the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. You have a blessed day today. Remember, you got something the world did not give you, and the world can't take it away from you. So stand firm in the Lord today. Be strong and filled with His peace and His joy. God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.